we watched five new movies or Disney Plus original episodes and have an in-depth discussion about what they did right, wrong, and everything in between. Join us as we relive our childhood, learn about what our parents called the good old days, and discover what kids are talking about now. I'm Morgan. And I'm Tyler. And, and we, we are, are discussing, discussing Disney+. Plus. In episode 9, we'll be discussing the 1996 film, Jack, featuring Robin Williams. Jumping right on in here, talking about, you know, walking into this movie, expectations of ours. Um, I didn't really have any, because I haven't seen the movie. And, like, obviously, Robin Williams is in it, so it's bound to be at least somewhat entertaining, because... That's what he was known for. But other than that, I, I don't think I even heard of the movie, to be honest. Until a, a week ago or so when Tyler was talking about it. Yeah, so this was definitely one of my childhood favorite movies. Um, I remember when my mom moved in with, with us. I don't know, it came on TV, like ABC or whatever like that. And she had said, you know, this is a really good movie. And she had us watch it. And I thought it was amazing. And I will say that this is probably... Not probably. It definitely is the first time that I've watched this as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, so... And I think I've mentioned this in one of our other podcasts already. Like, the lens that I have now as an adult versus some of these movies as a kid is so different. So it's just... It's amazing to me to watch this and realize things I didn't realize. And things like that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Going... Like, now that we've actually, like, gone into this a little bit. And as we're diving deeper, it's definitely... I can already see a change in how I how I view the movies and... Not necessarily in a bad or good way. Just I, it's different. I'm not. A, I'm not a kid. I'm you know like all adults, kind of jaded. Fair enough. Like you are pretty jaded. <laughs> things change <laughs> as you become an adult, and so I'm definitely interested in see some of our more of our childhood favorites and. Like tomorrow's motocross. Yeah, tomorrow's motocross, <laughs> and I'm super excited for that. And I just after watching some of the other ones, I'm just like. Meh. You're almost afraid to. Yeah, like because. <laughs> Hannah Montana has been, like, an all-time, you know, favorite of mine, like, series-wise. And I stayed up, you know, on the night of the 11th, hoping that it was going to come on at midnight, and it didn't. And all I wanted to do was watch some Hannah Montana. And I started watching the first season, and it hasn't been that long since I watched it. We watched it when we first started dating. Like, 2013, 2014, before they took it off Netflix. And even since then, I'm just like, man, this is cheesy. And I'm like, God, when have I gotten so old? Yeah. Well, you're always kind of hard to impress, though, so. Yeah, that's a little... I can can agree to that. And the last thing I'll say is, is, you know, I was afraid that this movie wouldn't really, like, uh, stand the test of time. I think it has. You know, more more things than not. Oh, I think... uh, why this could definitely stand the test of time is there wasn't much technology in it. They didn't show technological side. I mean, yeah, I can definitely feel our childhood looking in those classrooms. Oh, yeah. Like, (laughs) definitely feel like elementary school and stuff like that. I mean, that was right around our elementary time, 96, so, I mean, we went into... Well, I was two years old in 90 school, so, in 96, so... Well, okay, then just two, three years later, we were headed into school. So, it's yeah. right around that time. So, with the standing test of time, yeah, when when movies don't have nearly as much, like, technology in it, it's easier to stand the test of time because you're not fighting with the what's current and how old that well, is. Well, and, and also, when I say standing the test of time, not just, like, the looks and things like that, but I also mean the message that they're trying to convey. Uh, and how it makes you feel. Kind Yeah, and it's kind of like with yesterday, the Freaky Friday, like, we kind of touched on that a little bit. That makes sense, yeah. I, you know no, I, mean? I get it, yeah. So, I don't know. Either all, and it's and it 
it was just amazing to see Robin Williams. I, this is it's always good to watch. It's such a movie. treat. It's such a treat to watch yeah. Robin Williams. You know, I, honestly, like this has to be one of the first few movies that I've like first times since he's passed that I've watched a movie with him in it. Like I'm, I'm having, I'm blanking on the last time I watched something with him in it. I, I totally agree, and I was thinking, I was actually thinking about that. I think I saw in the news in the last couple of days that it was like the three year anniversary. It's, um, I think it's a little bit more than that. Oh, okay. But I have, I have been seeing it, so uh, I know it's around that time. Yeah, I've seen it pop up, and it, every time I see his face, it makes me want to watch Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. And I haven't, and I haven't been able to bring myself to watch any of his movies. Well, and you know what? Not funny, but like, he was the first celebrity to, to, to die. That, like, really upset me. Like, he was, like, especially our childhoods. He was in so many movies that we watched as a ch- as children. And he's so important. He was such a staple in, in the movies that we watched. And, you know, and then he, as we got a little older, he did other movies that weren't children movies. And then he watched the movies that he did that weren't children movies before. And so he's, it's just amazing. I, I, I hope that we watch more movies that he did with Disney. I know he did Aladdin. Um, I don't know what else he did that's Disney. Oh, that's something that I watched. I looked at in the trivia of this. Mm-hmm. That he he wouldn't agree to doing this movie until they apologized for putting him in the marketing material for Aladdin. He didn't want to have his name named in it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. That was a little interesting. Even though that's like one of his most popular characters. Yeah, that was just something interesting that was in the trivia. Hmm. Interesting. Well, so I know like something that you specifically wanted to talk about was kind of like kid bullying. Yes. Okay. So I never realized growing up, obviously, you can hear the different lens, how much bullying was promoted in these movies that were in our childhood, where nothing was said, nothing was done. It's kind of like a boys will be boys kind of attitude. Yeah. And not necessarily even with the boys. Like, I mean, it, this movie it was in, it was in Xenon. You know, when they oh, were in yeah. front of... It was really bad in Xenon. And I'm, I'm actually curious to see how many more movies are like this. But when you think about it, when, when I think now, looking back at other movies like Johnny Tsunami and all of those things, they were all heavily replying, relying upon bullying hmm. as being like a major point in the in the movies. And nothing... Like progress the, the story. Yeah, and none of the teachers ever did anything about it. And <sighs> it makes me so mad. I mean, again, <laughs> it is what it is. But you you have to think like is I mean I know there's always been bullies but like how and in films like films are supposed to be progressive I think I think I said yesterday films were prog- are supposed to be progressive to the times and this is like a terrible example because there's so much bullying and obviously in this movie they grow to love him and it well, stops right and I get what you're saying and like I'm not saying it you know it's okay or anything but I feel like that's that's a way to progress the movie in the sense that. Well, these kids were picking on him at first, and they were afraid of him, and then it, it kind of relays that message. Well, like, just because someone's different doesn't mean that you can't be their friend. So there has to be a contrast. Okay, so I see I, this, and like I said, this movie makes sense. It's a, it's kind of a necessary evil in this movie to progress the character and all of the characters and their relationships. But it wasn't necessary in Xenon other than to be rude. Yeah, that's fair. And to create meanness in characters. Sure. And and I feel like there's other ways to do that without showing children who you are aiming your target market at that it's okay to bully and that no one... And then you're also teaching the kids who get bullied that teachers aren't going to stand up for you. Yeah, that's a good point. You have young, impressionable kids. Yeah, and yeah. no, definitely. And 
Um, so, so moving on from that though, I know you. I know you always try to pick out like kind of like a hidden adult joke. Oh my gosh! Yes, I have. I was actually kind of horrified at this one. <laughs> this was actually like borderline gross. Um, in the scene where she's talking about where Jennifer Lopez, what's her name? Miss Miss Marquez. Miss Marquez in the scene in the the school teacher was talking about how they were writing a paper over the whole semester that talks about. What the, you wanted to be when you get older. Yeah. And, and that kind of what is what sets off Jack into like his kind of like downward spiral. Definitely. But she's going around asking these people what they want to be when they grow up. And one of the kids says a gynecologist. And she says, oh, you better have a good reason to back that up. And he goes, you're my reason, Mrs. Marquez. Ew! Just <laughs> ew! I can't, I can't believe Disney put that in the children's movie. I mean, I can't believe it because now I'm seeing all of these things. But, oh my gosh, it was so... It was very cringy. Definitely. Just like the daddy joke and... Well, and then, I don't know if you saw later in the background... Um, well, later in the movie, in the background, he was reading his paper and he was getting into details. Like, with the... He actually, like, it sound, from what it sounded like, he researched it and, you know, was about birthing babies and stuff like that. And whether he just, you know... I was, I was going to say Googled it, but... I don't know if Google was Google a thing was yet. A thing yet. Um, but he probably did some research on what gynecologists do. But anyway, it was just funny um, that they finished out that little thing. So speaking of cringy, um, Bill Cosby's in the movie. Yeah, I don't think I've watched a Bill Cosby anything since all of that scandal happened. See, I never watched a whole lot with Bill Cosby in it anyway. Um, he wasn't really in anything that I wanted to watch. I mean, what was he? What was the TV show he was in? Bill Cosby show. Oh, <laughs> um, I don't think I ever watched that. And I think the other, the only other movie that like I knowingly watched of is the movie about the chubby guy. Fat Albert. There we go. There we go. That's I think that's the only one that I can think of off the top of my head that I've seen of him in it. I mean, everybody knows of Bill Cosby, and especially now after the whole scandal. Well, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the last like movie movie that he did was Fat Albert. What oh, year was that? Two thousand four. Two thousand four. Oh man, do you remember? This is totally off subject, but I'm looking at IMDb. Do you remember the show Little Bill? No. Oh, uh, that. So I think it was on Nickelodeon. It was just it, it was a Bill it was a Bill Cosby written show. Which is, I'm assuming it was like about him as a kid. It, it, it was very good. It's, it's like a better Caillou almost. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the Bill Cosby here, it's hard not to look at all of these little things and pick out. Yeah creepiness in them you know there's a scene where he's sitting with all of the little boys yeah. in the treehouse playing games with them and stuff and it's just like huh. martinis for everybody yeah like it's just <laughs> ultra cringy so bad and i i hate that I, I don't hate that it came out because obviously that's a terrible thing to say well, i hate that he did this to ruin my childhood not that he did it intentionally to ruin my childhood but i hate that you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things from my childhood that are now tainted. And it's coming out in a lot of different ways, you know. And it's not just him, though. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's coming out in a lot of different ways. And it's it's tainting these. And I'm curious to see how it's going to taint, like, other movies that we've seen. Yeah. And But especially this one. It was, it was very hard not to make a joke at every single turn about Bill Cosby. And, you know, speaking of, you know, when he said, you know, he's like, oh, I like all my little students, but you're my shining star. And it's just like, oh, don't say that. <laughs> Bad. Yeah. Bad Bill Cosby. Um, which kind of leads into the next thing of their little concoctions yeah. that they were making in, 
in the treehouse and making each other eat. And I, if, if that doesn't describe childhood, I don't know what does. Right. Like, especially, like, little boys just doing everything they can to be as nasty as possible. You know, farting in the can and then making them smell it and then lighting it up and then making the the concoctions of with the with the worms and the mustard and the anchovies and relish and ketchup. And it was just all kinds of disgusting. And it's like, I know I totally did stuff like that as a kid. Oh, me and, me and my sister Amanda did too. Like, we... <laughs> It was always going to the like to the buffets like Golden Corral and stuff, <laughs> and at the end of it, just like making weird concoctions. Be like, I'll give you five dollars if you drink this. But then like you drank it, and neither one of you ever had money, so or, so it didn't, didn't even matter. Anyway. It didn't even matter anyway. But I mean, you say that as kids because I can remember on one of our first dates we did that Applebee's, and you tried to get me to drink it. Yeah, yeah, I like so. put a bunch of like, ketchup and sugar and. I can even put, like, a straw wrapper in there and try yeah. to get you to drink it. Yep, so I don't think it's just children. I think it's adults, too. It's just kind of a... It's kind of a fun game to play in general. Like, it's like, how nasty can you be? You know, exactly. Like, what are you willing to do for a few bucks? Right. Oh, that sounded bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, again, talking on the subject of, you know, kind of, like, childhood memories here, I relate very personally to the whole scenes where in the treehouse he's you know slamming into everything if you were a clumsy awkward kid you can understand that on a personal level about being a bull in a china cabinet and that was me you know I was constantly running into things and my parents wouldn't let me go in any sort of you know knickknack store mm-hmm. or anything that had any sort of glass I wasn't allowed near so I definitely felt that on a personal level well, that's a big part of the story too you know it's the first day in the classroom and he like uh, but the school was bad planning on the school's part. Like, not thinking that he's going to need a bigger desk. Like, this dude is in the body of a 40-year-old person, and you're going to expect him to sit in the same desk as a 10-year-old kid? Like, come on, bros. That's almost as bad as making lefties sit in right-handed seats. Sounds like you've got some personal experience with that. I, I do. Yeah, I do. I'm scarred. I'm scarred as a child. And, like, using right-handed scissors? Yeah, well, see, I got used. You get used to those things. If there's anybody at lefties listening, you just know that you just have to learn to live in the world of right-handed people, and you do. You just learn. It's because we're better. Wrong. <laughs> we're gonna move on from that. Um, another big part of this movie that is kind of an undertone, and I don't want to say an undertone because this movie is not like a. A Disney children's movie. I can definitely tell you that. This is more aged and a little older. Oh, sure. Because, I don't know, as a six, seven, eight-year-old, I wouldn't have no. gotten any of this. No, you would just get the gimmick. Yeah, like, the, the target market is definitely older in this this movie. And I don't know, if, did this come out in theaters? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I didn't look at the rating to know how accurate of a what I just said is. But the the kind of underlying motherhood part of this movie and again you know I'm a mom so so these kind of things you know made me want to cry is kind of just the whole sadness and watching your kid grow up and the, the scene where she he goes over for his first sleepover and she is hiding in the box crying and I have no doubt that that is what I will be doing I will be laying in our son's you know bed sobbing when he goes over to his first sleepover, just un- totally unprepared because nothing in the world prepares you for the sadness 
of motherhood. On the other hand, nothing in the world prepares you for the happiness. Well, and, and especially, too, like, beyond just general motherhood, too. I mean, this, this situation is very unique. You know, like, up until whatever time, up until he was 10 years old, we barely left the house, right? You know, he was homeschooled. His mom was basically his best friend. She did all the playing with him and things like that. So, like, she was losing her friend when he was starting to branch out and things like that. And it's kind of hard not to think that, like, it's not that she didn't want him to succeed when he went to school and stuff. She but, wanted to take every second she had with him. Right, because, I mean, she knows how precious it. his life is in this movie, you know. So, and, and kind of with, like, knowing how precious his life is. She doesn't want to share any of that time. No, she wants it for herself, and I don't, I don't blame her. I, yeah, I can't, because, I can't even imagine. Yeah, and, and we learn, like, well, not we learn, but Jack learns, you know. I mean, everybody... Everybody has that point in their life when they when they kind of start to realize, like you're hey you're not gonna live forever. Yeah, you you become you you begin to like see the world in the real light and not by the the magic of childhood, I guess in that sense. Yeah, and you know he started to realize it when there's a school dance coming up, and he's like, well I'm not I don't you know he goes and asks Miss Marquez, hey you know can you go to the school dance with me? And she's like, well, no, I'm your teacher. That's not appropriate. You know, you want to go with one of the girls in your class. And he's like, well, they don't look like me. You do, you know. And she's like, it's just not appropriate. And like that was like his first, like, bulldoze into like, real, life. real life for him, I think. Because, you know, up until this point, he was coddled, you know. Oh, definitely, yeah. And and then he has, like, a heart attack after, right yeah, after well, that. And that kind of leads into his... His, his parents did him a disservice in the sense of not allowing him to know that he was truly different. Like, obviously, he knew he was different, but they did a disservice by keeping him to agreed, themselves. Agreed, agreed, 100%. those kind of things probably wouldn't have happened. And and in the sense of, you know, kids in school very young, and, and we're experiencing this ourselves as, as, you know, parents of a three-year-old who's in a Head Start program, you know. Bullies start young. Like... I mean, as soon as, you know, at least three years old, you're dealing with bullies. And, but in his situation, it would have been better to start him younger with those kids who could grow with him and not have right. quite such a smack in the face. Right, because, I mean, you alienate him even more. Well, and he would have looked, he would have looked less weird as a five-year-old than as a ten-year-old. Well, well, he would have looked like a 20-year-old dude, but. As a kid, though, you don't notice those things. No, you're, that's that's fair. I mean, and the kids would have grew up with it and learned it, and yeah, not learning differently. Yeah, no, I agree, and and um, it's just it's just amazing because then there's even a point to where where he's starting to go through all of this. You know, he's like, you know, he's realizing, hey, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna live much past even like high school, really. Why am I learning all of this? <clears throat> so why am I learning all this? And then he he goes out for the night. And he meets up with his friend's mom at a, at a bar. And he gets a little drunk and, you know, gets a little frisky with her. And then he gets into a bar fight. And, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm baffled at, like, there's no repercussion for that. Besides him getting punched in the face. Like, they don't, like, unless they showed it, but they don't really talk about his parents, like, wondering where he was or, you know, how that even all worked. And Well, on the other hand, 
he got put out on bail. He would have had a court date. Hello. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're thinking about this like for real life, but and then you would <clears throat> they would have had to ask for you know a birthday and shit. And well, exactly. And they would have had to ask for a birthday and stuff, and things would have obviously gotten weird at that point. Yeah, agreed. They would have had to obviously call his parents because he's still a minor. Well, and like, and and his friend's mom is like all over him, like she she wants it. <laughs> like, I don't know how to say that any better. She's really infatuated by his character. She's pushing hard. Yeah, she wants to for like, the attention. Yeah, she's a single mom, and she sees she sees a genuinely good guy, yeah. which I know that like, like I can appreciate that, you know. And so, I mean, I I personally don't know what it's like to be a single mom, but I can imagine that as being a single mom, if you are looking for somebody to be with, I'm like a single parent in general. Sure. Okay. Yeah, but that's better to say a single parent, you know, is. Because her her infatuation with him is, you know, she or Jack talked good about her son, and her son really likes Jack. So for her, it was like a win win. And I, obviously, she was attracted to him. But that's neither here nor there because they never did anything with that part of the story. Which maybe if it happened earlier in the movie, it, yeah, they might have. But um, I agree though. As a, as a parent, and I mean, obviously, our, our parents would have a little more insight than we would. You know, you have to think about what's best for the kid, and you want sure. someone who's going to be there for your kid, not... Yeah, I agree. Bad. The part that, like, touched me the most in this movie um, was a quote that Bill Cosby said. <laughs> <laughs> Towards the end of the movie, where Jack has been holed up in his room for, like, two, three weeks... Growing a mega beard. Oh, I mean, not really. Okay, for a ten-year-old... Well, compared to my beard, it's not mega. Okay, well, you've been growing yours for a year. Less than a year. And he was growing his for three weeks. Okay, whatever. But either way, um, you know, uh, Mr. Woodruff, Bill Cosby character, comes up after Jack's been in his room for two, two, three weeks, and his mom has no idea what to do anymore. So he goes up there, and he's talking to Jack, and, you know, basically, Jack is telling, or told Mr. Woodruff, he doesn't want to learn anything. You have nothing to teach me. Bill Cosby's like, why? And Jack's like, I'm not going to live long enough to apply anything of what you said. You know, what's the point of me even living my life if I can't even do anything? Right? That's such a terrible way to think. That's just a sad thing for a 10-year-old boy to think about. Mr. Woodruff asks, Jack, have you ever seen a shooting star? Jack says, no. Mr. Woodruff says, it's wonderful. It passes quickly, but while it's here, it just lights up the whole sky. It's the most beautiful thing you'd ever want to see. So beautiful that the other stars stop and watch. You almost never see one. And Jack says, why not? And Mr. Woodruff says, because they're very rare. Very rare. But I saw one. I did. And Jack says, I just want to be a regular star. And then Mr. Woodruff says, Jack, you'll never be regular. You're spectacular. And I think, and with the ending of the movie, like that was Jack's turning point. Right? That's where Jack realizes nothing about me is normal. Nothing about my life is normal. And that's when he finally realizes that I have to make the most what of what I have. And I want to I want to, you know, make my my uh impression on this world, you know, for my time here. Which goes into well, I guess actually what what do you do you have anything to say about that or No, I mean Every, I think every kid hits that point where they mm-hmm. kind of need to be pushed. And obviously his case is a little special. 
Yeah. I mean, not by a little special. I mean, a lot. Like, True. it's a, if it was a normal life, it wouldn't have be, it wouldn't be a movie kind of thing. <laughs> right. So, but every kid kind of goes through that. And I think that's why those lessons are still important to everybody is every kid kind of hits a point where they're like, and kind of along the lines of like mortality. And I, I know at least for me, it's like, I, why am I doing all of this for, you know, a future when I'm not going to be here in a hundred years? Like, what's the point in wasting all of this time and those kind of things? You know what I mean? Well, and, I don't and know I, if you had a time like a point like that in your life. I did. And then, you know, we had our kid. And then it's like, that's that's what we do. That's what we do everything for. We do everything for his future and his kids' futures. And, you know, if everybody has that mindset, you know, just keeping, making sure we make the world better for the future. And, you know, what, even though we're not in the future, someone we love very much will be. So, yeah. and basically, so with all of that said, comes the end of the movie. It got me a little teary-eyed there a little bit, you know. It's a graduation of his high school seven years later. And, uh... I mean, he's he's old. Old, yeah. I mean, he ages four times faster than than the normal human being. He's supposed to be he's seventeen years old. He's pushing seventy. Grad, you know, the the body of a seventy year old person, roughly. I was kind of expecting him to break a hip when he jumped in that car. <laughs> I was like, oh god, stop! Well, he he slipped. I don't know if you saw that. He slipped into the car, oh, and man. it was just it was just crazy to like. Like, during that whole scene, he's because he was a valedictorian for his graduating class. It was just crazy to, like, they can only show this so much, but, like, he's a 17-year-old person. He's got the brain of a 17-year-old person. But he's got the body and the mobility and the, I want to say neural function, but he's got bodily the motor speeds, I guess. Yeah. yeah, bodily functions, motor speeds of a 70-year-old guy. And he's, you know talking very slowly and his eyesight is obviously going and it was just crazy but like they did a very good job of you know showing that even though he looks like he's you know pushing 70 he's still a 17 year old kid yeah. he, he still talks like a 70 year old kid the words he uses you know he's still got his friends and you know he's graduating high school and they finished the graduation and he's like well he was worried about being cool exactly he's like you know he wants to be he still wants to be with his friends and, you know, it was just pretty awesome. Yeah, no, and, and as, like, a, a closing final thought for me is walking, or not walking out of the movie, <laughs> finishing the movie, I, I wasn't impressed. And, and just because, I don't know, it's just not a movie for me. Like, and, and you know what I mean? That makes sense? And then, this has happened twice now because earlier in the week I felt this way about Freaky Friday. I was just like, meh. Not super into it, not super liking it. And then these discussions kind of push my brain in a different direction to kind of see a different kind of beauty in it. Now, will I go out of my way and watch this again? Probably not. If you're watching it, I'll probably watch it. I'd love to show Grace in the movie eventually. But in a sense of where I'm going to go and I'm going to look at the TV and I'm going to be like, hmm, what would I want to watch today? This is going to be on my list. Same thing with the Freaky Friday. But having these discussions definitely changes some of my thoughts on what I'm seeing. That's what I'm good for. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, and so for me, it was just amazing to watch this. You know, growing up has taught me a lot of things about my emotions and things like that. And, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, when movies can, you know, move my emotions and, you know, get me a little teary-eyed or... I mean, nothing's nothing has ever come close to what Toy Story 4 mm-hmm. did to me. 
Um, which That messed me up. Which I'm sure eventually we'll talk about that movie down the line, but I mean... That'll be like a whole week thing where you do like one, two, three. Yeah, three. yeah, exactly. But I will say is, to me, movie is just as awesome as I remember it as a kid and then even maybe a little better. Yeah. So. And with that, we will see you tomorrow for Motocross. Please subscribe, rate us, and let us know what you think in a review. Find us on anchor.fm and leave us a voice note letting us know what you want us to watch next. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, find out more at anchor.fm backslash discussing Disney+. Plus.